here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, sweeties. Let me ask you a question. When we talk about how wrestling makes us feel, what do we usually bring up? The wrestlers, the matches, the moments, all very important, no doubt. But one cannot forget about the music, because the bond between wrestling, music, and our emotions is incredibly powerful. All it takes is one bell. One riff. One voice to fill you with so many emotions. Joy, anger, hope, fear, nostalgia, or disgust. That is what this podcast is all about. The unbreakable link between the beats and the body slams. Now you might be asking yourself, what's next for Music of the Mat? Well, the answer is a bit tricky. You see... The thing about trying to predict the future is that you don't know what it's going to be until it happens. And by then, it's already too late. So I say, don't fear the mystery. Enjoy it. Wrestling is so much more exciting when you don't know who's coming through the curtain. of the mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Well, Alonzi, Geronimo, and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm the charismatic and charming 10th barbarian, Andrew Rich, and joining me on this adventure in time, space, spandex, and killer tunes is the youthful yet wise... 11th score lord, Chris Maffei. Together we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Chris, we made it. We did it. 10 episodes. 10 episodes. Who would have thought? Double digits. You know, we most podcasts, you know, they, they don't make it that far, but, you know, we stuck to our guns. We plowed through, and through sheer force of will, we made it to 10. We did, and we did it with the help of 
some people along the way. Of course, Sean Cedor, John Carroll, and we have many, many more guest spots to come within the next batch of episodes. But man, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. No, it's been a wild 20 weeks with, you know, Doug references and moving and grooving and karaoke up the wazoo, of course. But listen, we got so many great things planned for this podcast. Bonus episodes galore, guests galore, albums, theme history, so much like we've already been doing, but the future is ours, Chris. You know, we are the future and the future looks good. If I can quote Frankie Kazarian there. Do we have to join the Bullet Club for like three weeks? Hey, you know, do what you got to do. Bullet Club entry aside, I think we're going to be okay as far as, you know, where the future of the podcast is going to be. And listen, episode 10, we figured, you know, let's do something fun. Let's do something they expect you, of course, to do like a big topic, you know, uh, Stone Cold or, or Hogan or something like that. But you know what? We decided let's break out the theme machine 2017 two episodes in a row because you know what? Why not? It's our podcast. We can do what we want, you know? We do what we want, damn it. We do what we want to say what we want to Mac. Oh, wait. It's the <laughs> last episode. Excuse me, Chris. We I, do it big. We do it big. We do it big. And uh, yes, the theme machine 2017, it is back for another round. I managed, hopefully to fix up all the kinks. Did you download that firmware update? It took a couple hours because I'm on, you know, 128K, I think, here. Listen, eventually I managed to work everything out. It should be okay. In fact, uh, this very nice uh, Scottish guy came over here. He said he was a doctor of some sort. I think he was a technological doctor or something, but uh, he fixed it up real quick. We should be good to go. Oh, fantastic. So yeah, this is a mystery theme shuffle. You know, like last time with the Ruthless Aggression Era shuffle, we, we kind of had a sense of where we were going to go what the theme machine 27 was going to give us as far as themes go. In this case, no idea what we're going to get. It's mystery, you know? It's mi- it could be mystery by Ronnie James Dio. Exactly. It's it's always a mystery. Not what it seems to be, Chris. Just like you and me. What could we get with the mystery theme show? We could get uh, 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 Toro Yano. We could get, you know, the great Muda. We can get Shelton X Benjamin, for all we know. What are we going to get, Chris? Do you have any guesses? I kind of want to do a Dio episode now. Let's do it. Rainbow, Dio, Sabbath. Cover the gold gamut. Dio podcast, let's do it. But, uh, another day. Do we do the Rush podcast first, or are we doing the Dio podcast we'll first? Do, all right, we'll do the Rush podcast first, then the Dio podcast after. Okay, and then I'm starting a Doug podcast, so anyone who wants to do that, just let me know. All right, let's get this show in the road, Chris, uh, shall we? Let's get into it. Theme Machine 2017, it's all wrapped up, ready to go. Three, two, one, shuffle. a nice one to start with. Pentagon Jr.'s theme, Thrill Switch by Cut One. You know, Chris, with wrestling themes, it's interesting to think about which type of theme works for which wrestler. Ones that do have vocals and ones that are instrumentals. And I think Pentagon is the type of wrestler that doesn't need any vocals in a theme to get the point across how much of a badass he is. Yeah, I completely agree. What is so great about this is that It's just an entrancing piece of music. Mm -hmm. It really all centers around that main guitar melody. It's so ethereal. It actually kind of reminds me of like high-pitched whale noises. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see a like a reboot of of Free Willy with (laughs) Pentagon Jr. starring as Jesse (laughs) and Vampiro as Randolph. 
All right, I'm working on a script right after this. Do uh, whales have fingers? <laughs> so then, you know, it just break all the whale's fingers. You know when you see the whale's fin kind of like curled over? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pentagon Jr. got to him. <laughs> Free Willy flies over, Pentagon just, you know, grabs him and just slams him down. <laughs> I wonder what Rip Rogers would think about that big dive at the end of Free Willy. You know, uh, back in my day, whales knew their place. <laughs> they stayed in the tank. And they didn't move, okay? Did some cocaine as well. Randy Orton, give that big wall of rocks, just get it in a chin lock. (laughs) See, that's a real satisfying end to a movie right there. There you go. But in any event, this song, like you said, it's very ethereal. It's very, very mellow, I guess, in comparison to the type of wild kind of wrestler that Pentagon is. You know, expect a theme for Pentagon being this crazy, you know, heavy guitar type of thing. You don't really need that. It's kind of a nice contrast between crazy, you know, chair-throwing, finger-breaking Pentagon and... This theme where it's got the da, 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 da. So it's kind of a nice little dichotomy there between the lighter, more mystifying, you know, ethereal type of song versus the badass, in your face, concrete type of guy that Pentagon is. It is a nice contrast, but it also. It has an aura. It creates an aura. And I think that Pentagon is so wildly popular because he has this certain aura about him. Just, you know, the way he carries himself, his eyes, the way he walks to the ring. I mean, he looks, he just looks really cool. He looks like he just stepped right out of a video game or something. He, like, he's badass. This song perfectly encapsulates that aura, and I think it even enhances it. That first season of Lucha Underground, which is my first exposure to Pentagon Jr., as I'm sure it was many other people's. Yep. You know, you see the guy, he's badass, but I think what really grabbed me was when I first heard that song, you know, and that that melody, and I was like, whoa, this is really cool, and it has has this real cool vibe to it, and the way he kind of was walking to it, and kind of had this, not not like a strut, but just this way of walking to the ring where it's like, oh man, this is some serious shit. He's dangerous. He's dangerous, he, he has a vibe of danger about him. The song, really, it's one of the best examples of picking just some stock music, and it, it works so well as entrance music. You know, this is on an album called Electro Rock, which contains a lot of other songs by various artists. I couldn't find the production music library that's a part of, but I know that it is a part of one. I just wasn't able to track down which one. But the album itself is available on Amazon. If you want to buy the theme or check out what else is on it, there might even be some other Lucha Underground themes on it. I'm not entirely sure. I know that they did have some in-house production done music-wise, especially on on Cage's theme. That's the one that stands out because it had that intro that goes, I'm a machine! (laughs) (laughs) But as far as Lucha Underground themes go, this was the one that I was like, oh yeah, this works. This is great. The drums have a nice groove. That bass line, it's it's fat. Mm -hmm. You know, a sweet monophonic bass sound with legato in the chorus. It goes, "Mm mmm. So many layers and transition sounds that don't necessarily call attention to themselves, but they paint this backdrop for the more central elements. And this is really a mix that you can just kind of step into and walk around in. It's very dimensional. Yeah, and the way the guitar tone is set up too, that it's like an alarm of sorts, a warning bell that, you know, Pentagon is coming, which I think is a really little nice little extra little layer there to add to it. I think the whole, overall, this whole theme reminds me a lot of uh, the song Fascination Street by The Cure. That has like a three minute intro. It sounds just like this one. It's 
very ethereal, it's very dense, so it's pretty nice little comparison there. But yeah, this is just badass, but not like over-the-top wrestling badass, you know? This is Pentagon, he's coming out, he doesn't need any vocals, doesn't need anything to hype himself up. He is the hype. And this song is just a nice little cherry on top that just goes along with them. Yeah, and for those not familiar, Pentagon Jr., obviously we mentioned Lucha Underground, formerly with AAA, and he works a lot of U.S. and Mexican indies now. Mm-hmm. One of the bigger names to come out of Lucha Underground and just become a real a real sensation, yeah. especially on the U.S. indie scene. People really love him. And now he's going by the name Penta L0M. Yes. For those interested, there's a great mashup of this song and the song Night Call by Kavinsky from the movie Drive. I love that song. I might even put it in the episode playlist. It's great. Uh, But yeah, this is a really, really awesome theme, and I can't say enough good things about it, so I'm glad we got to talk about it today. You look at the way he looks, the way he wrestles, the, the style of wrestling he does, the music, it all comes together, and you can make a legit case, I think, that you say, okay, Pentagon Jr., he's the coolest motherfucker walking the planet Earth. And... You could say that about a lot of people, too, because that's what's great about you know wrestling. It's, it's an avenue for people to really create a character that jumps off the screen. Let's go to the next one. Three, two, one, shuffle. my voice. Mike Awesome. I think you're a better singer than the one on the song. <laughs> yeah, Mike Awesome, his theme Awesome Bomb by Reckless Fortune, which he used in ECW for the year 2000. Let's break out the hard rock madness. Here comes ECW Mike Awesome. You know, Pentagon is a guy who doesn't need vocals in his theme to really express how much of a badass he is. I think this song works so well for Mike Awesome. A, because, you know, it references Mike Awesome a shitload. But also it's like, yeah, this is the right kind of guy. You want this, like, Guns N' Roses, ACDC type, you know, song to have. Mike Awesome, because this is like, you know, he's that kind of guy, you know? Yeah, it definitely fits in with some of the other stuff that he'd been using as entrance music prior. You know, Scorpions... Like you said, Guns N' Roses, Fight, which is one of Rob Halford's projects, Anthrax, Bruce Dickinson. Definitely fits in with that sort of vibe there. It also reminds me a lot of those early 90s WCW themes. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Slam Jam album, where they had just the custom themes, like The Man Called Sting, The Steiners, Cactus Jack. I get such of that type of vibe from this, you know, the cheesy hard rock theme, yeah. the custom theme that mentions the wrestler's name a lot. And that's not a bad thing either when I call it cheesy. It's great cheese. It's the kind of cheese that you want. It's, it's ECW 2000 cheese, which means it's it's a little bit dirty from the floor of the ECW arena. And uh, maybe it's got some TNN stink on it. But uh, l- listen, it's it's good cheese nonetheless. But yeah, Reckless Fortune is a band has the uh, the Fortune Brothers in it. Frank and Joe, they sound like a tag team in their own right. You know, from, from Susquehanna Hana, you know, weighing in at, at 400 pounds, Frank and Joe, the Fortune Brothers. Boo. Fortune 4. <laughs> Go change some things. Don't bring that up, please. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I think uh, Harry Slash and the Slash Tones did some work on this as well. But yeah, this is, you know, it's perfect for Mike Awesome because it's junkyard gladiator, big six foot six guy gets like this big ode to him. You know, it's it's a nice, a nice accoutrement to the Mike Awesome character where it just describes how much of a badass he is beating the shit out of people. So, you know, it's it's fantastic to really add the little emphasis on Mike Awesome, the career killer. Fairly straightforward and to the point, you know, nothing fancy about it, you know, just like Mike Awesome. I don't think he used this a whole lot, though, did he? He only used it in the year 2000 and then for the uh, ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view in 2005. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Versus uh, Tanaka. You know, I gotta say, I hate this vocalist. He sounds like he has strep throat. Yeah, like I said, it is the style of the screeching Axl Rose, Brian Johnson vocals. I mean, at least those guys can have some some weight to them, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's fun. I like the chorus. It's just the... Vo- like, like, come on. You know, it can kind of get on your nerves a little bit after a while. But, I, I don't know, I mean, compared to, you know, what the music is, I think it fits it. But if you don't like it, then you don't like it, you know? You know, there might be a young person listening who has no idea who Mike Awesome is. You know, it actually it actually sounds like that would be Mrs. TNA name. <laughs> You're right. Pope, Pope, what's Mike Awesome doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> He'd call him like Awesome Mike the Miz Guy. Awesome Mike the Miz Guy, yeah. Oh God, I want that to happen now. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike Awesome, he spent years, you know, in uh, FMW in Japan, the hardcore, you know, Deathmatch promotion, mixing it up with Hayabusa and Onida and other legendary guys like that, came to ECW and just was a fucking monster. Just wrestling, you know, Tanaka and Spike Dudley and all these guys and just using his, his size to his advantage. But also, a guy who is deceptively agile. He's a guy much like The Undertaker where, you know, he's doing planches over the top rope, you know, suicide dives. Like, he's doing all these crazy moves that you wouldn't expect a guy like that big to do. But he made an ape for himself being this big guy who can move fast. Eventually, you know, WCW came calling and, uh, you know, he started out okay. He was the, the career killer, Mike Awesome, just, you know, powerbombing guys off cage matches and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, things took a little bit of a turn yeah. from Chris. Uh, he became that 70s guy, dressing up like, you know, 70s gear with a, a Partridge Family bus. He became uh, the fat chick thriller, where he became a, a chubby chaser. And uh, that was it. Then he came over in the invasion, and then he did nothing with him. That was it for Mike Awesome, pretty much. Unfortunately, Mike Awesome no longer with us. Yeah, he sadly he, uh, took his own life back in... 2007. 2007, yeah. V- very, very sad uh, for Mike Awesome. But listen, in those you know, late 90s ECW, mid-90s FMW stuff, he was on top of the world with the moves he would do, with the matches he would have. Like He was like the perfect big man wrestler. And besides a few, you know, ECW title reigns for some FMW title reigns, never really made it to the stratosphere that he could have been. I will mention the lyrics, though, because a lot of referential stuff here, especially the, the opening verse here, rising up from the land of the gator. He's from Florida, by the way. He's a modern day gladiator, which was the name of his gimmick in FMW. He was the gladiator. Made his name in the rising sun with blood-soaked battles that he won. Awesome's, awesome bomb, which is his finishing move. A nice big power bomb he used to do. A lot of talk about, you know, beating up his victims and, and ice-cold blood with a heart of fire. So it's pretty cool stuff there, but uh, yeah, this is just one of many uh, awesome themes that he had. Want to move on to our next theme, Chris? Let us proceed. Three, two, one, shuffle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four,
the harps, the strings, the opera singers. My God, Chris, it's the greatest theme ever. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Andreev's theme by uh, Jimmy Hart and Howard Helm when he had in WCW. What a tremendous theme it is. What a tremendous theme for Paul Orndorff. You know, the vain heel character who loves himself. Perfect for Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. It's it's tremendous. It's it's glo- Listen, you talk about glorious. This theme is better than glorious. This theme is wonderful. It brings a tear to my... With a tear in my eye! Put that cigarette out. <laughs> How, where do we even start with this? We start, I think, with the lyrics. Because there's only one verse... That just repeats over and over and over again. But it doesn't matter because it's so great. And the reason it's great is just a constant reminder of, of many things. Number one, Paul Orndorff is wonderful. <laughs> Number two, Paul Orndorff's nickname is Mr. Wonderful. Number three, the reason why his nickname is Mr. Wonderful is because he's so wonderful. And number four, Orndorff is self-aware of just how wonderful he is. He, he is aware of the wonderfulness that imbues his spirit and his, his muscles as he walks to the ring with his mirror in hand. That's my favorite part. And he knows it too. He's not blind to his wonderfulness, Chris. The best part is that he comes to the ring, you know, he's got the mirror, he's got the sequin jacket, and he's just mouthing the lyrics to the side. Like, what a dork! Like, what a perfectly wonderful dork this guy is. Now, I believe he started using this after he went on a losing streak gimmick. Yes. He turned things around when he was paid a visit by the one and only... Gary Gary Spivey. Gary Spivey? Mr. Wonderful, they let me back here to see you. Gary Spivey? Of the Psychic Companions Network? What are you doing here? Orndorff had a losing streak, and he was he was in his locker room, like you know, taking off his tape and throwing his shoes around. Like, ah, am I, am I, I'm not even Mister Wonderful. I don't even know if Mister Wonderful even exists anymore. Who am I? Banging his head against the mirror, he's despondent to no end. But then a knock on the door, and who arrives but Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Network, <laughs> here to help invigorate the spirit, here to lift up to the heavens once again, <laughs> Paul Orndorff. And remind him, you're Mr. Wonderful. I know it, and you know it too. Look in the mirror, Paul. Look at the mirror. What do you see? I see Mr. Wonderful. You see what I see. And soon enough, Orndorff is, yeah, I'm Mr. Wonderful. Kisses the bicep. I'm Mr. Wonderful. Kisses the mirror. And wouldn't you know it, Mr. Wonderful is back. This segment here, I just, I know we're talking about the song, but this, I just can't stress how incredible this segment is, and I urge everyone to go seek it out. Yeah. Paul Orndorff, with the acting performance of a generation, <laughs> like this, you know, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm, acting without acting, this is acting with acting, with more acting, and a side of more acting, smothered in acting sauce. <laughs> this, oh my god, like... To Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions Net. <laughs> he says it twice, though. He says Gary Spivey, and then Gary says, "That's right, it's me." And he says, "Order says Gary Spivey of the Psychic Companions." <laughs> he says it twice. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> look up Gary Spivey, folks. If you don't know who he is, if you haven't heard of him, look up Gary Spivey and just enjoy taking the Spaceballs wig. That he wears all the time. He reminds me of, like, if Richard Simmons was a Martian. Yeah. 
that's the vibe I get from this guy. But, I mean, we should all really thank Gary Spivey yeah. for reminding Mr. Wonderful that he was indeed Mr. Wonderful and thus making it possible for him to use this wonderful song. An all-time great theme right here. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan had his birthday on Raw? Yes. Out comes Mr. Wonderful to this music. He's in the robe, but he's got like the biggest handlebar mustache I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it was tremendous. And he comes out, he's sauntering to the ring. All of a sudden, he's got the big mustache, you know, wonderful, they call him. Oh, I loved it so much. It cracked me up. They should just trot him out every couple of months just because. Like, yeah. I remember one time Arn Anderson came out on a Raw in like the late 2000s. You know, he obviously came out to the Four Horsemen music. And I just remember people online being like, what the fuck is this music? This is awesome. <laughs> so people who aren't aware of some of these themes, like, first of all, how do you not know the Four Horsemen? Yeah. Incredible. But, you know, people never heard the theme before. Maybe heard it for the first time that night. There you go. Instant exposure. And people are heading to, to look it up because, I mean, this is great stuff. People should. This is why we're here. We're here to remind you of themes like this that maybe aren't, you know, in the conversation when people are talking about best themes of all time. I think this absolutely should be. Oh, it's right up there. It's simple. It's to the point. It gets the point across of Mr. Wonderful, his character, and, you know, the traits that he has, namely that he's wonderful. And uh, listen, as long as you're wonderful, that's all you need. And as long as long as you know it, too. Yes, exactly. That's you need to be self-aware of it. So that that's what's really important there. And, you know, if you're really down your luck, maybe Gary Spivey will come visit you in your locker room. Maybe, you know, one time the ascension in the locker room. God damn it, Connor. We, we keep losing matches. What are we supposed to do? Knock, knock, knock. Hey there. Look in the mirror. Look at the... Who do I see? I see Connor O'Brien and Rick Victor. That's who you are. That's who... I see the ascension. And they assume... Oh, that's right. What the ascension? What could the theme be then? Ascension, they call them the Ascension because they Ascension <laughs> and they know it too. <laughs> you know what? You sold me on this now. <laughs> because they Ascend. Mm, oh, God. That's perfect. Get, 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 get Spivey in the line. No, not Dan Spivey, God damn it. Not Dan Spivey. <laughs> not Dan Spivey, God. Gary Spivey. Oh, God damn it. I call myself. All right. Three, two, one shuffle. Kaga is coming, motherfucker. I'm gonna kick you out. Kaga is coming. Motherfucker. The amount of times I've said this to myself, just randomly around my own apartment, just to myself, no one's around me. No one's... It's in my head, Chris. Ever since Suzuki-gun came back to New Japan, I've just been saying, Taka is coming, motherfucker, randomly around the house. Wouldn't the world just be a better place if everyone started the day with Taka is coming, motherfucker? Yeah. Or, alternatively... You can opt for the other version, my favorite version. Fuck you. I mean, that that's the one that I fell in love with. That's the one. That, that just gets to the point. There, there are so many versions of this theme. So many. This is this is Yamato Suite 4, by the way, by a band called Musashi. Uh, Takamichi Noku's theme. He's had this theme, by the way, a long time across multiple promotions. WWF, All Japan, New Japan, Kai and Tai Dojo. This is like... 
You don't see a lot of wrestlers with the same theme across multiple promotions. So Taka's in that rare breed of guys who are able to keep the same song over and over and over again throughout their careers, no matter where they are, which is pretty cool. And the best part is that he just changes up the intro depending on where he is. You know, there's the current one that he uses in New Japan. There's the fuck you version that he's used in K-Dojo and All Japan. Uh, in All Japan, he also used the ROD version, which was his stable roughly obsess and destroy in the uh, in the early 2000s there, around 2003. Featuring such wrestlers as uh, D'Lo Brown, Bull Buchanan, Rosie and Jamal, and Rico. So all three of the three counts in there. We got Mike Awesome, you know, count, shout out to our boy there, Mike Awesome. The wall! The wall! It's the wall! <laughs> Matt Morgan, Teo Kia, and Kazuma Sakamoto. Whoa! Among others. This is a bevy of guys, uh, of, of tremendous wrestlers here. R.O. and D. But, uh, yeah, multiple versions, Chris. So many to choose from. Yeah, essentially, besides the intro, it's all the same basic song, except for the fact that there's a re-recording. So some of these use the version that was released in 1992, and then there's the re-performed and re-released version that came out in 2000. Yeah. This suite here is from their self-titled album, Musashi, and the suite itself is comprised of four parts, and this being the last one, so that's where Taka's theme comes from. So every version of this song, it's the same thing, it's just it might be either the original from 92 or the re-recorded from 2000. Yeah, it starts off similarly, kind of like Toro Yano's theme, you know? Where it has that, that shamisen, the uh, Japanese string instrument, where it's... Then it transitions into the full-blown rock song with the guitars, and the synths, and the drums, and the flutes, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a nice, you know, starts off with traditional Japanese stuff, and then goes into this full-blown hard rock stuff, which is uh, very similar to Toriano's theme, which isn't really hard rock song, it's more, again, similar transition from one to another. You know, reflecting on this theme now... And Taka himself, really. Mm. It it just made me realize how much I love him and this song. Taka, as a kid, just an instant favorite ever since I saw him in Great Sasuke Mm. in the WWF Light Heavyweight Division when that was still a thing. Like, that was, like, right as I was getting into wrestling. And I was like, man, these guys fucking rule. And then, you know, then on to Kai and Tai and then even fast forward to present day in New Japan. You know, he's just been consistently someone that I've always really loved watching. So I'm very comfortable calling Taka Michinoku one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I'm also very comfortable calling this theme one of my favorite themes of all time. I have such vivid memories of popping in WWF Attitude for N64 just to listen to the themes, as I've said in prior episodes. And this is one that I would always put on. And of course, that version was the one that had like the stone intro. I have a a vivid memory of also downloading and hearing the version with all the profanity for the first time. And this, now this was long before I had any awareness of, you know, what Taka had been doing since he left WWF. Like, for all I knew, he fell off the face of the planet. Mm. You know, I, I had no idea that he was in K-Dojo or All Japan or New Japan. And I just remember, I, it, I don't know where I found it. It might have been on LimeWire or whatever. This was, you know, maybe early to mid-2000s and just... Yeah. I download the Taka Michinoku's theme and all of a sudden I just hear, Fuck you! And it was just so unexpected. And, you know, you think you're downloading the same version of Taka's theme that you've been hearing all these years. And then all of a sudden you just say, fuck you. I'm going to kick you ass. <laughs> and then about a minute and 30 into that. Oh, yes. A minute and 30 into that, you get even more obscenities. We get more. We get a nice little diatribe here from Taka Michinoku. Hey, you asshole. Listen to me. You know my name? Do you know who? 
What the? That's Takamichi Noku. That that's that's evil. Like that's the same guy who was with Funaki and Kaintai. You know, a shot to the system to say the least. I remember just being absolutely astounded, but and like astounded and also delighted. Just like yeah. um, what? <laughs> Is anyone looking into this? <laughs> well, in the in the fuck you version, there's a different one too. It's yo, what's up, man? My fucking name is Takamichi Noku. What the fuck do you want? You wanna beat me? Huh. Nobody beat me. If you want, come over here. I'm gonna kick you ass. I love how it's always his fucking name is Takamichi. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like a kid who like his, his parents are away for the weekend, so he's like, I'm gonna start cursing now. Yeah. yeah. It's me at sleepaway camp. <laughs> when I went to sleepaway when I went to sleepaway camp, all of a sudden. I was cursing up a storm like nobody's business. So, you know, me and Taka, you know, Camp Tebby for life, baby. You know, Taka, Taka would have fit right in. Nobody beat me. <laughs> you know, foul language aside, though, this is just some, some badass metal. Yeah. You yeah. know, great riffs, great drumming, and uh, some delightful little keyboards and like a little flute-sounding synth yep, that comes yep. in at one section. I, I think I prefer the 1992 version. But really, any ver- you, you can't go wrong with any any version. I think the, the 92 version has the more emphasized flute, I think. Yeah, the 1992 version is used on, in the Fuck You version, also the WWF version that he was using. Now, some of these, I think the WWF version is sometimes pitched down slightly. So I, I believe there might have been a different edit made to that one and maybe pitched it down a little bit. But it's all the same recording on the WWF version. That's from the 92 recording of this song. When you heard the very beginning, the clinking noise, you know what I thought of? Owen Hart's theme, Enough is Enough. Oh, yeah. Ching! Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. I heard remind me of that. So, Takamichinoku, it's theme, it's, it's it's great theme. It's metal as fuck. And also, much like much like Takamichinoku, apparently it just keeps on going. Keeps going and going. Takamichinoku is, is like a vampire or or a time lord or you know what? You know what? here's what I think happened. I think Takamichinoku back in the Ministry of Darkness days, I think Takamichinoku snuck backstage and maybe got into some, you know, stole the Undertaker's like book or something like that, like this evil book, and he did some sort of chant and some sacrifice or something, and now he's immortal. I think Takamichinoku is now an immortal being because he he doesn't age. Takamichinoku must exist in all space and time. And um, you know, I'm really glad he's still going today. You know, he just tore it up with Liger and Best of Super Juniors. He's easily one of the best things about current Suzuki Goon. Hey Chris, let me ask you a question. Uh, when Takamichinoku plays the guitar, do you know what he says? Um, I'll tell you what he says. Taka is strumming, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Great. <laughs> when uh, <laughs> what else does he do, Andrew? Uh, when uh, when Taka Michinoku unclogs the toilet, <laughs> Taka is plumbing, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Taka Michinoku hangs out with poor people. Taka is slumming, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right, one more. This is kind of a deeper one. Taka Michinoku cosplays as Nightcrawler from X Men Two. Taka is Alan Cumming, motherfucker. Don't, don't, don't. All right, that's a deep one, but the movie fans will get that one. Maybe you don't, Chris, but uh, <laughs> Taka doing a lot of things. One of them, one of them having a Wait a, a minute, great, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. What? You give me the opportunity uh, here. All right, fine. Go ahead, go ahead. The floor is yours. What does Taka say when he's, when he's playing rugby? <laughs> Taka is scrumming, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> wait a minute. What does Taka say when he's about to... Uh, 
perform oral surgery on someone. Taka is numbing, <laughs> motherfucker. What does Taka do when he gets a catchy tune stuck in his head? Taka is humming, motherfucker. <laughs> Taka Michinoku uh, fills in for Alex Van Halen. Taka is drumming, motherfucker. <laughs> we, we are dumbing, motherfucker. <laughs> What else is new? <laughs> oh, jeez. Listen, this is a great song. You know, no matter which version you like the best, which intro, it's great. I'm very curious as to listen to the rest of the Yamato suite. I, I'm probably going to do that because this seems right up my alley. All right. Next theme, Chris. Theme number five. Three, two, one, shuffle. So this is a, a temporary one, to say the least here. This is for Ember Moon. This is her NXT theme, Free the Flame by CFOs. I remember being at TakeOver Brooklyn 2 when she made her official debut. And I instantly really loved this song. It was stuck in my head for the rest of the night on my way home. You know, as soon as I got home, I went to look for it online. I really, really, really like the song. There's something about it. You know, it's interesting in that it's very, like, classic hard rock, but also has a very modern, like, female-led symphonic metal vibe to it, mm-hmm. while also still kind of sounding, like, blues rock-ish, but also then progressive at the same time. How did how did they do this? This is, like, the most interesting little potpourri of, of different types of rock. You know, I get, like, a... It's like part Led Zeppelin cashmere, especially from the drums. Yes, yes. It's part Iron Man, mm-hmm. kind of undertones in the riff, kind of like part Nightwish or Epica vibe from the hook part with the strings, and then kind of like a Mars Volta vibe from the vocals and the little guitar run that comes in after the hook. There's a lot of different kind of elements going on here. Definitely. Very complex theme, I guess, for, for CFOs here. Definitely get like a contemporary female rock, hard rock band vibe to it. Especially with the type of vocals, the distorted vocals, not to the level of, of say, like uh, Champion, the WrestleMania song we did, or, or Paige's theme, but a nice little tinge there of distortion to really give it that, that modern day feeling. Really makes it come across as like a real big fighter, you know? Just like a, just walking to the ring with like a badass, and really just perfect for Ember Moon, because she is a badass. Yeah, again, someone with a vibe of danger. When I heard, especially in the arena, I just got a real sense of her presence. And kind of, you know, the way she has, like, the contacts and the lighting and everything. that The whole package, it just really fit well and kind of hit the right tone for her. And I think it's great. And, you know, you said the distorted vocals mm-hmm. also has a similar vibe to Asuka's theme. You know, in terms of song structure, the kind of style, and, and the vocal stylings as well. And there's another song that I feel this reminds me of a lot. I made a lot of other comparisons. But this, to me, feels reminiscent of a song called Start Movin' by Lions which was included in the SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 video game.
there, especially the riff and some of the structure, kind of reminded me of that. I sense a lot of, of different things going on in this song. One thing, though, that I do find with most CFO songs is that they're just essentially a four-minute loop of the ex- you know the same few sections over and over yeah. without any variation the second or third time around. Whereas Jim Johnston's themes introduce different elements and alternate lyrics and ad-libs and different things like that and solos as the songs went on. You know, maybe this like looped nature of the CFO's themes, maybe that's a directive from WWE itself. I'm not entirely sure, but it does make these songs, they're a little less enjoyable to listen to, you know, just kind of in your leisure. I usually... After about the second loop around, I'm skipping to another track because it's just the same thing over and over, you know, and I really do like these songs, but I feel that if it wasn't just so sequenced, like here's this part, this part, this part, and then copy that, paste it four times, there's the theme. If if they were crafted more with the dynamics of a song, the way Jim Johnson would do it, I feel that that would be really advantageous. But maybe that is a directive from WWE itself, because it seems like all of these CFO's themes follow a similar pattern in that regard. Definitely a different breed of theme than Jim Johnson's themes. As far as comparisons go, in the beginning of the song, there's that opening little tone. Reminds me of the first Bullet Club theme, oh, yeah. Last Chance Saloon. Where it kicks in with the... It's not similar to that thing, but... Yeah, I mean, repetition, it's not the best thing. Get kind of boring, obviously, when you're listening to in your free time. At a wrestling event, it's good, because you can just keep it going and going and going. If you're in a commercial or something like that. But as far as listening to it on your own, some themes, obviously, are more better to do so with that than others. And I think in the case of CFOs, a lot of the times, they're not thinking of, you know, oh, listening to this theme over and over again in your own house. They're thinking of what's a great theme for the wrestler in the arena setting. Which is interesting because I feel that, you know, Jim Johnson's themes, they were more well-suited to listen to as actual songs, but you didn't always get the luxury of listening to the Jim Johnson themes because only, you know, a select few were released on the albums every year back in the back in the 90s or 2000s. Yeah. Especially before the anthology. Now every theme goes up on iTunes or Amazon or Spotify. So you have the ability now to stream or download or buy every theme that you want to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah. Now they're a little bit less there's a little bit less of that incentive to really listen to them over and over because it's like someone's kind of working demo of a song in the sense that not that they're not completed but just that they're really just the same couple of sections over and over. You know, all that said, though, I do really enjoy the song. I think it definitely fits Ember Moon. You know, it it stands out, you know, from a lot of the main roster music that the women have. Asuka's theme as well, which is another theme that I'd love to talk about in the future. Hey, I I see what you did there. What? (laughs) Do you you not know the pun you just made? Asuka's theme is called The Future. Oh! I mean, I mean, I meant to do. I meant there to. You, what do you look yeah, at that? You would listen. What do you think this is? <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. Well, yeah, it, you know, it stand. It has a harder edge, and they're really going there. Just a really kind of crushing metal vibe that I really dig, and I really like this song a lot. Certainly, especially with the whole the lyrics, of course, add to it as well. Really fitting with the whole Ember Moon thing of fire, and one Ember sparks a fire, one Ember feeds the flames. Now burn, burn, yeah, sort of adds to the whole Ember Moon thing of it being about, I guess, her aura, her character being around the center, around like a certain element, you know, fire and that kind of stuff. The advantage of hearing the song in the arena for the first time sometimes, 
I'll always get that vibe of just hearing it with the arena ambience, with everything going on. It provides a different experience. So sometimes hearing a song for the first time in an arena, it can really just like, it can bring you back. And that's the memory I instantly have of when I hear the song, I remember her debut and I remember hearing it at TakeOver Brooklyn. So something a little special for uh, for this theme for me. So yeah, awesome song. All right, let's move on to our next one then. Three, two, one, shuffle. Whoop whoops galore and Marty Skrull, this is his theme, Warp 1.9, the Princess Sisters remix by the Bloody Beatroots. We mentioned, I guess, at the, the beginning, you know, with Pentagon's theme, a perfect song for him. This is a perfect song for Marty Skrull. It just it just fits the villain character so well. It's hard to really, really explain in intricate details why it does, but when you see him come out to this theme and like progress or wherever, it just fits him so well. And I think all three of the songs that he's used for the villain character. This one is ROH theme, One True Villain, and Machine Gun by Portishead. I think all three of those fit him to a T. Now this is a remix of the original Warp 1.9. The remix is done by an electro duo called the Princess Sisters, and the original is done by the Bloody Beatroots. Now the original was previously used by Skrull as well as Zack Saber Jr. Yes. This is no longer used by Marty Skrull. Now everywhere he works, he uses the song by Hot Tag Media that he now uses, which he, you know, obviously as you mentioned, uses an ROH. This does contain similar elements, especially the whoop whoop, which we'll talk about in a minute. Marty Skrull has a really visually appealing act. He has he has the coat, the, the glasses the umbrella. Yep. And this song I find manages to be like the sonic equivalent of all of that. This was obviously not intended to be entrance music. You know, but the way it's structured, the way it's sequenced lends itself really well to a uh, pro wrestling entrance, I feel. And you know, the the vibe and the lyrics, it's a, all a great mixture of sinister and sleazy, which is just Marty Skrull, the villain Marty Skrull to a T. Definitely. It is certainly a jam. I think we both agree on that. Uh, just the constant driving beat. It's just constantly in your face. And you can just just picture Marty Skrull with the umbrella and the glasses and everything. Coming out, big smile on his face, big grin, big laugh. Coming out with this thing behind him, upping the whole you know, villainous side of him. Not necessarily villainous like, hee hee hee, I'm gonna get you. Uh, but like, a different type of villain, you know? The selfish, cocky, sleazy, you know, the lyrics, they say it all, you know, I just want everything for me. I want everything you've got. All I want is you and much more for me alone. It's like, man, like, you know, this is this is some really cool stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not like the, the mustache twirly kind of, you know, oh, I'm going to take over the world. You know, he's just like, hey, just I want everything. Give it all to me. It's all for me and me alone. And I feel that that really comes across really well. You know, the song itself, you know, even the way it sounds, and it's built around this great bass patch that's side-chained to the kick drum. 
which gives it that pumping sound that's really popular in electronic music. Mm-hmm. The thing about this is, it's not really, there's not much to it. You got the bass and the kick drum, you know, the bass and the drums, and the rest of the song, it's just comprised of these really simple but effective layers. You have a, a choir, you know, a keyboard choir, and some creepy sounding synths, and a ticking clock, and that's really all that there is. It's just that, and, you know, and the great vocals and lyrics. There's not much to it, but everything knows its place. It all works so well, creates a really cool vibe. You know, Marty Skrull, I remember watching the first season of TNA British Boot Camp. Did you watch that when it was on? Little bits and pieces, but I remember Party Marty. Party Marty. It's so weird seeing Party Marty, short hair, got like the white tights, doing like a suicide dive and like almost breaking his neck on the guardrail and, you know, in, in TNA, but such a far cry from, you know, current villain, you know, whoop whoop with the flap in the arms and the umbrella and the fur coat and everything like that. But listen, you talk about reinventing yourself, you know, taking a chance on a new character, becoming the villain, such a genius move for Marty's girl to really stand out, you know, because Party Marty not really a unique thing, you know. He's a party guy, you know. It's it's basically you know, the DiBiase posse for the British scene. <laughs> but uh, but you know, you, you dress him up as the villain. You get him this cool music, this pew 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 pew. I just want, I just want. He comes out with the, the umbrella and the fur coat and chicken wing and all that stuff. Like just up the 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 sleazy factor, up the villain factor by eleven. You get yourself a pretty fucking cool character there. Yeah, he looks like a like an alternate Earth Oswald Cobblepot. Oh, yes. You know, I think a lot of that's intentional too, especially with the umbrella. You know, as you said, Party Marty. I remember not thinking much of him at the time, especially because you know Spud was the big personality coming out of British boot camp, and mm-hmm. you know. But I was just so instantly taken by the villain character when he started to portray that, and I've got to see him multiple times. Fortunately, you know, when he comes around for Ring of Honor. So I've really become a big Marty Skrull fan, and it's also been great to see recently, very recently. And here's where we're going to talk about the whoop whoop. Yeah. As we mentioned, he doesn't use this song anymore. He does use a new song that was made by Hot Tag Media, which is this company that's making a lot of themes right. for the Progress crowd, the Rev Pro crowd. That you know, a lot of them are transferring from using commercial music to now using specifically made music or just kind of generic stuff that they can they can license or use for free. So Hot Tag Media, they've done a few themes. They've done Pete Dunne, Ethan Page, Nixon Newell, and of course Marty Skrull's new theme that you've all heard on Ring of Honor shows and things like that. The great thing about this is they retained the whoop whoop that was in Warp 1.9. Mm-hmm. And what is so great about that is that the whoop whoop is so awesome for crowd participation. Jojo Remy, recently on the VOW flagship when he was filling in, Jojo Remy mentioned, uh, Jojo Remy, of course, from Japanese Audio Wrestling yes. on the Live Audio Wrestling Podcast Network, an excellent podcast, excellent podcast network, one of my favorites, so definitely check out Japanese Audio Wrestling. Jojo mentioned that in Japan, the crowds want to go along with what you present to them as what they're supposed to do. When Mochizuki comes out, you know, they pump their fists and go, Mochi! To his theme. Things like that. So when Marty Skrull came out, when he debuted in Corican for Best of Super Juniors, some of the ROH crowd had already been exposed to Marty through the War of the Worlds shows being posted on New Japan World. So some of them were already familiar with the Whoop Whoop. 
So when Marty first came out, you heard a lot of them doing the whoop whoop. And then as the match went on, it started to sweep over the entire crowd. And even the commentators were doing the whoop whoop. Oh, yeah. And it was incredible. Even Milano was like, yeah. Even Milano. (laughs) That's so invaluable to the connection between a wrestler and the audience. You know, a chant something like that, but the fact that it's in his theme, mm-hmm. because now not only are people going to always remember that theme, they're always they're going to remember Marty Skrull, oh yeah, we do the whoop whoop, and then that's something that you can instantly remember and go back to and utilize in a match, it's utilized in the theme, so I'm so glad that they kept the whoop whoop, because if they didn't, that would be something that would be sorely missed from this theme that we're talking about here. The two themes, the, you know, the new theme isn't exactly in the vein of Warp 1.9. Mm. It's a very much a different take on what could be a villainous theme. Yeah, it's slower. It's a lot more, I guess, classic villainy. It's piano-based, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's darker, but it still has the whoop-whoop, which, you know, I can tell you, being at Ring of Honor shows, people love to do the fucking whoop-whoop. Oh, yeah. And that that's very, very invaluable to instantly being able to make a connection with the guy in the ring because so often someone just comes out to it like a generic rock song you have no idea what they are you don't know what to say you don't know what to do and that's when crowds can sometimes maybe get bored or go into business for themselves or just chant whatever they want it's great that you have something like the whoop whoop and that it's just it's fun to do as well yeah everyone you everyone does the whoop whoop i don't care who you are you're sitting at home you're doing the whoop whoop you're at a show, you're doing the whoop whoop. It's a great, even, listen, if Milano Collection AT does it, everyone's doing it. <laughs> it, adds a, it adds a little spice to the meatball. You know, it just, I mean, nice little extra little zest there to go along with your, your steampunk villain in the crow mask. You know, come out with the umbrella. Nice little, nice, little, nice little pep there to the step. And like I said, you know, this theme, the Ring of Honor theme, and Machine Gun by Portishead, which I want to discuss later on when we get to, you know, in the future. I think that's another song that I think fits Marty Skrull in a different way, but also in the same way as well. So I think Marty, again, real cool how he has three distinct themes, each one able to fit you know, the character of Marty Skrull as the villain. It's going to be fun to get to those UK themes, I guess, in general, if we can get to them at all, actually. Because I think I heard, Chris, that uh, we need a UK passport to view those themes. They're for British eyes only. All right, Chris, uh, we ready to move on to our next theme. Whoop, whoop. All right, three, two, one, shuffle. I mean, oh, yes, yes. All-American Boys, Chris. The Fabulous Rougeaus, Jacques and Raymond. All-American Boys. All-American Boys, Chris. <laughs> Red, white, and blue. They don't like the heavy metal. They don't like the rock and roll. They only listen to Barry, Barry Manilow. Manilow. Yeah. It goes without saying, but this is a Jimmy Hart jam. Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire. Yeah. What a slice of late 80s WWF. 
Just one of the most delightful, most sarcastic, th- just dripping in sarcasm. Mm. The lyrics, the melody, that that bell keyboard patch, the synths, oh, just great, just cheesy '80s wrestling goodness, and really. The whole act is perfect. Let, I mean, let's break it down here. You got French Canadian heels mm-hmm. pretending to be baby faces by mocking the typical American baby face, but also doing it in a way in which they're actually embodying things about America that would be unpopular with the American audiences at the time. Yeah. And then they sing their own theme themselves. There you go. And it's incredible. Yeah. Don't call us pretty boys. We're not a muscle head. We hate that long haired look. We like the preppy look instead. We don't like heavy metal. We don't like rock and roll. All we like to listen to is Barry Manilow. Boo! Boo! This is such a great troll job of pretending to love America that they ask you if you speak French in the beginning. They say, you know, from Montreal to Memphis, parlez-vous français? You know, they ask you if you speak French in the beginning, which of course you don't because you're a stupid late 80s WWF fan. And then they proceed to reveal later in the song that they're just fucking with you, but they do it in French. There's a point where they go, we do not care for them. They are the worst in the world. We love to annoy them when we say, we love the USA. Hey. But the first three lines, they do it in French. So the only thing part that's in English there is just, we love the USA. Hey. So they're just fucking with everyone. It's right under their noses. The French verse is so great because it's them acknowledging, hey, we're complete fakes. You know, we, we know what we're doing. We're just doing this to, to, to rile you up, you stupid American fans. But they're doing it in French, so no one knows what they're doing except for the French speakers, you know? So nice little, nice little subtleties there on behalf of Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire there. What makes, I think, the song to me is the chorus, the background vocals in the chorus. We're all American, boys. All American. To me, that just, mwah. Oh, I love it so much. To really, like, add the... Really emphasize the 80s cheese that we've got going on here. Jacques Rougeau, he's had some other really great themes. Uh, the Mountie. Yep. The Quebecers. If you think of Jimmy Hart themes, this this has got to be top five, right? I would imagine so. Certainly better than uh, the Greg Valentine's theme. <laughs> Hammerman. Clink. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Good old Hammerman. Suddenly I want a banana. Ah, I got a hangar for a fruit cup. So may- maybe we'll get Toriano's theme in the next couple of ones here. Now, fingers crossed, Chris. Fingers crossed. Maybe. I mean, it is It is X. It is the Mystery X episode. That's true. This is the Mystery Shuffle. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Shuffle. Hide your kids, hide your wives, here comes Lance Hoyt. He's going to spit water right on all of them. He's just spitting water, Chris, everywhere. He, There's a drought going on, Lance. There's a drought going on. Do you not respect the drought? Listen, he's the American psycho. He does whatever he wants. That's true. He's a big boy. He can do what he wants. Lance Archer, a big voice of wrestling supporter. So, if you, listen, if you're listening, we didn't forget about this theme. You might have, Lance. You might have forgotten about this. You know, there are some people who brought... When this started playing, they probably thought we were doing one of AJ Styles' themes again. But, uh... No, no, no. No siree, Bob. No, this is, uh... This is Dallas by Dale Oliver. This is Lance Hoyt's theme used 
when he was uh, becoming a face in TNA, a singles face run in TNA, Hoyta Mania, Chris, running wild in the Impact Zone. He was brought in as Kid Cash's like bodyguard guy. They were tag team for a little bit. Then Kid Cash left, and then Lance Hoyt gets his singles run, and all of a sudden, he's like super popular now. Because, you know, he's, he's Lance Hoyt, he's like 6'10", he's doing moonsaults and van terminators. And seriously, if you're a guy who's like 7 foot, doing moonsaults and van terminators, I'm gonna fucking cheer for you, alright? You're getting my vote, you're getting my vote. What about chin locks? Dive. So yeah, Hoytomania, this was the theme he used. Like you said, Chris, AJ Styles, this is just, you know, a using, a reusing, a rip-off, whatever you want to call it, of Touched by Vast, which was AJ's theme in Ring of Honor. It's basically the guitar riff is sped up. You know, dun 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 And it's got that weird little instrument at the, you know, the end there, that Record scratches. It's got like a, a rock scream in it. And you know what else it has? Oh, it's got the uh, the vortex from sliders. But you know what it also has, though? What, is, what does it have? There is a sound effect in here from GoldenEye 64. Oh, really? The sound of a glass door opening. The exact same sound effect. I did not notice that. So there you go. Now, uh, a- Andrew, do you want to do a lyrical breakdown here? <sighs> okay, here we go. I'll, I'll do my best. It was a little bit difficult for me. All right, I'm going to get lyrics up here. All right, here's what I think they're saying. Uh, is that close enough? Well, I, I think on that second part there, I heard... Uh, but, I mean, your guess is good as mine, because you usually do the lyrical transcriptions, so... Maybe Garrett Kidney will know. Maybe Wales would know. Maybe Wales knows, so, oh, yeah. and they can let us know, because also we were talking about <laughs> Wales earlier, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, this was this, the sweet spot... It was after he uh, left Kid Cash and before he joined the Rock and Raven Infection with uh, Christy Hemme. The Rock and Raven Infection! <laughs> and the Guitar Hero guitars. With uh, yeah, Christy Hemme and Jimmy Rave. Lance Rock. Remember that when he <laughs> became Lance Rock? That kind of annoyed me. It's like, Lance Hoyt, goddamn, not Lance Rock. Come on. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this theme, Chris? What, what, I, I like it because it's, it's, uh, it's big energy. Big guitar riffs. What do you think? Well, you know, just take whatever I said when we were talking about Touched in the AJ Styles episode. Just speed it up? Yeah, just like kind of speed that up and like just only use one section of it. And that's what I think about this. <laughs> Listen, uh, it, it was bound to happen. We would get one TNA theme in the, in the bunch here. You know, odds are. Hey, we, we've been hitting on a lot of different places so far. You we know? have. We've been going around the world, you know, through time and space. Lucha Underground. ECW, New Japan, WWE, NXT, 90s WCW, WWF, Progress, a lot of different places. We we said it before, Chris, we love the Lance Hoyt. Big Lance Hoyt fan, big Lance Archer fan, Dallas, Vance Archer, whatever you want to call him. Vance Archer, oh man. Vance Archer, remember that? And he was the uh, short hair Lance Archer doing that, uh, he still does actually, the reverse DDT that that he does. It's like a snap reverse DDT. Teaming up with Kurt Hawkins as the Gatecrashers on SmackDown. When Kurt Hawkins had those red leather pants. Yeah, and the, this was, was this before? No, this was pre-Kane, I think. I think it was pre-Kane. That was the Tyler Rex uh, tag team. Kane! Kane! <laughs> yeah, I love the Lance Hoyt. He's a friend of the site, friend of Voices of Wrestling. And Lance, get well soon. Yes. We know you're, you're, you're still healing. Get well soon, Lance. All right, Chris, let's move on to our ninth theme, our second to last theme here. Three, two, one, 
Shuffle. King. Rain. Supreme. Here we go now. Chris, I think we can both agree. Your wheelhouse, definitely. Been in my wheelhouse as well. Kings of Wrestling. KOW. Cody Beware. Love the song. Love it, the song so much. And the tag team. This gets me hyped. Yes. Now, I mean, for those who don't know, the Kings of Wrestling, this iteration was a team in Ring of Honor and a couple other indies consisting of Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli, as well as Sarah Del Rey, who was with them. Shane Hagedorn with them as well. Shane Hagedorn as their manager, yeah. This period of Ring of Honor, you know, like 2010, 2011, right before they both left for FCW, they started using this theme. They got this theme custom-made by Cody Beware. Anyone who knows Chris Hero, you know, anyone who's watched him for any amount of time or followed him on Twitter, knows that music is clearly very important to him. He's a big hip-hop head, but he's also very, you know, he's very eclectic. Having such a a great custom-made theme like this is something that really set him and this team apart, especially in Ring of Honor during that that HDNet era, when they were on HDNet, when everyone was given just the most generic, awful music, you know. I always go back to Brian Danielson's cheap rip-off of the final countdown. You remember that? Yeah. It was, it was awful. <laughs> but, you know, here come the Kings of Wrestling, and they have this custom-made theme. And, you know, very much in the vein of Chris Hero's Chris is Awesome theme that he had done by Viral the Virus. Yeah. Much like Chris is Awesome, this is just custom-made to a T. Lots of lyrical references to... You know, the character and the nicknames and the movesets of both Hero and Claudio. Why don't we take a look at some of the lyrics here and break that down? Well, we've got right off the bat, Kings, Rain, Supreme, and right away with the chorus chant, which we did this with the whoop whoops. This is something that everyone in the arena can chant along with so easily to do. K-O-W, Kings, we have locked this... Everyone can turn along with that. It's so easy to do. But as far as, far as the, the verses go, so many references to wrestling, the nicknames and the finisher, like, like you know, the Roaring Elbow, European Uppercut, Ricola Bomb, the Flash Kick, KRS-One, you know, Giant Swing, Elbows, and so many, like, little things here that makes it nice, like, nice and dense and really, like, lets it be known that this is the Kings of Wrestling's theme. This is Hero and Claudio's theme. This is theirs. No, no one else's. Again, very, very different from... The indies, especially at the time, you know, now you've got some some people who have custom themes on the indies. You know, Keith Lee comes to mind. You know, there are some, and as we mentioned, Hot Tag Media, who, who are producing custom themes for people now on the independent scene. But, you know, especially back then, a lot of people just use commercial music or... Like I mentioned, HDNet era ROH, they would just have these really just god-awful mock-ups of, of commercial songs. But this really set them apart. 
it's the type of production that you would expect, you know, out of a TNA or a WWE. Now, mentioning that, Cody Beware, the artist here on this theme, he was actually featured quite a bit in some WWE music. Most recently on Cassius Ono's new NXT theme, Heroes Welcome, which was done by CFOs. They have him on vocals. Also featured on the SummerSlam 2013 theme, Back to the NYC, as well as the 2014 SmackDown theme, This Life, all of which were produced by CFOs. So he seems to have a good working relationship with them, which is a great thing because he's really the perfect person to have on these themes. You know, there's a real advantage to using artists who not only like wrestling, but actually understand wrestling and understand wrestling themes. You could have anyone sing or rap some words that are written for them. You know, Mino. Yeah. It may or may not have anything to do with the with the subject at hand. But when you have someone who can take their own knowledge and understanding of wrestling and then take the input being given to them by a Chris Hero or someone like that or CFOs and apply that to a theme, it really makes a big difference. And it makes a memorable signature stamped theme that you instantly know, okay, this is Chris Hero. This is the Kings of Wrestling. I know exactly who this is. It's memorable. It's an all-time great indie theme, I think. It, just in terms of, you know, there's not there's not a whole lot else out there like it. Now, Emilio Sparks and Jay Glaze production credits on this track. They are, they are the producers who've worked with Cody Beware. Emilio Sparks, also noteworthy because he formed a group with an engineer and producer named John Sparks. I don't think there's any relation there. John Sparks spells it with a Z. Now, they call their group the Sparks Foundation, and they've released a few wrestling-themed mixtapes, and the beats are entirely made up of sampled wrestling themes. So it's really cool. So if you want to check that out, you can go to soundcloud.com slash the Sparks Foundation. So there's just this really cool kind of wrestling and hip-hop crossover these days with people like that, you know, Cody Beware, Wale, even Rocky Romero, you know, his Six Trees Vice albums. So this all kind of fits into that really cool crossover between hip hop and wrestling that I really do enjoy. You know, there's there's always been wrestling references in hip hop, you know, going back to the 90s. And it's it's something that fits in really well. And when you have a guy like Chris Hero and, and also Claudio, you know, Kings of Wrestling, it fits so well. This really stands out in the history of indie themes as being very memorable. And it brings me right back to that time, that period of ROH, and I really, I miss this team so much. You can tell there's a passion behind it. You can tell that Cody Beware, he knows the team, he cares about them, he gets wrestling. This isn't, you know, some guy coming in with, you know, just pay a couple, pay a couple bucks and just sing the theme, or right, you know, this isn't written by Chris Hero and Claudio Castanelli, you know, writing, okay, here's a bunch of references, here's what we're, nicknames and moves, you know, here you go, S- sing this now, please. This is, you know, Cody Beware, you know, coming in and, and, you know, putting his love of wrestling and his love for the kings of wrestling into the song. And when you put that in there, then it really stands out amongst the pack. Kings of wrestling, a team that certainly in this era, at least, 2010, 2011, this was, you know, beforehand they were a big stable of guys there and, you know, Chikara, Ring of Honor, CZW. It was, you know, it was them, it was Team Fist, it was Larry Sweeney, you know, a bunch of other guys. But this is like prime tag team. The Shorts, Ring of Honor tag champs for like a year or something like that. This is like them having that definitive reign as like the tag team of Ring of Honor. And uh, when you got a badass team like this to go along with it, to really drive home who the Kings Wrestling are and put their stamp on it, 
It's a perfect fit. Man, I would give anything for Cesaro and Cassius Ono to team back up again in WWE. Oh, man. There's still time. There's still there's still a chance. I would give it. There's still a chance. I loved them so much together. You know, Cesaro, one of my favorites ever. I love him ever since I first saw him in Ring of Honor. I love Chris Hero as well. I was a huge Kings of Wrestling fan. Uh, I, I love this song. I love this team. Everything about it brings me back to a time when not the best time period, in Ring of Honor history? No. The start of the decline, I would say. But I really just... There's something about this era that I like to go back. I like to remember. And this song brings me right back. And it's a hell of a song, too. You know, but besides the fact that it's this great custom-made wrestling theme, it's a nice beat, very easy to get into, you know, very accessible. So many great things about this song. Yeah, you know, references to, you know, botches and five-star matches and, and, and you know, bench-pressing girls and walk through the curtain... A lot of nice wrestling references in and of itself. Just one more time, Chris. I think we'd both like to see. Hero does the elbow. Claudia does the uppercut. They mean the middle with that big taunt. One more time, it would be nice to see. But, uh, hey, listen, it could happen. I'd give anything to have the Kings of Wrestling back. One day, Chris, one day. We'll see. Hey, listen, if anybody bring the Kings of Wrestling back together, it's Gary Spivey. <laughs> <laughs> they are the Kings of Wrestling because they are the Kings of Wrestling and they, they know, know it, it too. too. All right, Chris, let's move on to our final theme of the episode. Three, two, one, shuffle. Oh my god, Chris. Can you believe that on the 10th episode, the 10th theme we're talking about is 10. Ty Dillinger's theme. How perfect. 10's galore. 10, 10, 10. Yeah, by, by CFOs on CFOs theme. Listen, it's a theme. Repetitive theme. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait a minute here. Am I, I'm getting the sense that you don't like this theme. I can't, I can't lie, Chris. Uh, I hear it a couple times and it's fi- it's good, but I just... It's too repetitive. We Well, we did speak about this earlier. That is the nature of the CFO's themes, and especially this just being an instrumental. I can see that being a little bit more, you know, even more repetitive. But listen, I, I find this very triumphant. No lie about that. And inspirational. This is another theme that I appreciated so much more after hearing it in an arena. It just works so well in that setting, and it's also very enhanced by the crowds chanting 10, 10, 10, along with it. You know, and you have Ty's entrance itself and the movements that he does along with the chanting. I find that this is a, a nice little package altogether. It, it feels, it makes it feel like a complete gimmick. You know, I think if you took away one of the elements, if you took away the 10 chan, or if you took away, you know, Ty's physical energy itself, because he has a load of physical energy in his entrance, maybe I could see it just being, eh, it's kind of a generic theme, but despite the repetitive nature, I do enjoy this. Maybe if I was in that live setting, Chris, like you said, maybe if I wasn't listening to this, you know, on my own, I would, you know, I probably, I probably would get into it, because it is very triumphant, with the trumpets and the, the guitar solos and that kind of stuff, I probably would get into it with the crowd going along, but I guess on its own, it's kind of really hard to get into it. You know, it's kind of hard to grasp it. It really does, like, feel it, you know? But I think, like, you said, you said, you said some pretty thought points there. Um, you know, being amongst the crowd and being within the whole package of, of Ty Dillinger. I do find this to be kind of similar to Apollo Crews' theme 
as well as American Alpha's theme. They all have a kind of similar brass-heavy, kind of triumphant-sounding vibe to them. Very upswinging, yeah. There's also, in the intro and, and in, in one of the sections where the horns drop out for a little bit, where it's... It reminds me of the old Raw theme, Burn It to the Ground. Oh, yeah, Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that this this showed up for the 10th song on the 10th episode. 10, 10, 10. You know, we could have had they. <gasps> they could have showed up. Oh, my. They, Chris. Fortunately, we've already talked about Immortal, so... It's like having chicken pox. You know, once you have it once, you don't have to, you know, deal with it ever again. Yeah, I want to see the, you don't deal with it ever again, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we got to talk about Ty Dillinger, and, and you know, now he's on SmackDown, and good for him. Good for him, yep. Glad to see him finally get his shot after all these years, you know. He's, he, he was, he, he man, he was in the system for a while. He was Stan. He was. Buddy, what's your name? Stan. Stan. Oh, see? And that was over 10 years ago. A great moment, but over a decade ago. And he was on the main roster before. He was in ECW. Yeah. As uh, Gavin Spears, I believe it was. Man, he was, yeah, he was there a long time. All right, Chris, that was our mystery theme shuffle extravaganza. The Theme Machine 2017, it did not let us down at all. We got to talk about a little something from everywhere. Very, very diverse very fun, very interesting, you know, some things that may not have fit into other topics, other big episodes, theme histories. We got to talk about them here, so I definitely want to do this again. You know, every once in a while, we throw in a, a mystery theme shuffle to spike, to shake things up again. Oh, we're going to shake things up a bit. A super song shake-up. Yeah, we'll definitely do this again somewhere down the line. We got plenty of topics to choose from, but every once in a while, you know, we want to kick loose we want to you know hang back and just you know let the winds of fate carry us to our destiny wherever that may be we're having a ton of fun just kind of experimenting and exploring if you guys you know let us know you know it's 10 episodes now you know the show pretty well by now let us know what you like what you don't like what you'd like to hear more of what you'd like to hear less of let us know we're we're really open to that feedback and and we value it we're always seeking to make the show better and more fun and more informative so any you know any feedback that you guys have definitely let us know you know whether you want to email us or you want to tweet us or you want to post it on the message board however you want to do it you know we're open to all of that yeah definitely listen thanks again for listening by the way chris and i we appreciate it so much being in front of a microphone and just speaking about you know music and wrestling it's just it's so much fun to do and i really appreciate all the kind words that everyone just says about the podcast keep the keep the love coming keep the tweets coming Twitter at Music of the Mat, of course. The forum, voiceswrestling.com slash forum, voiceswrestling.com slash iTunes, because a nice review there. Voiceswrestling.com in general, you know, for all the great podcasts and reviews and previews and articles and that kind of stuff. So check us out on there. Chris, anything to plug on your end? No, I just wanted to kind of officially give a welcome to the new podcast on the block, Everything Evolves. Just joining the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. All right, yes. Joining the ranks now. Uh, welcome them to the block you know we're not we're not the new kids anymore you know we're, we're not the new podcast we're not the squid anymore wiggity, 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 wiggity. again voices of wrestling.com all the great stuff is right there chris that does it for episode 10 episode 11 we're starting a new batch of podcast episodes here let's kick it off right let's kick it off with the captain of voices of wrestling folks episode 11 we're going to be joined by none other than rich Krejci, and we'll be doing hip-hop, and rap themes. I am very excited. Of the two of us, everyone knows I'm the hip-hop guy, so not only am I excited to see Andrew Rich 
in a, in a hip-hop element, I'd also like to get a ton of lyrical breakdowns from Mr. Andrew Rich himself. Uh, I'll do my best. And maybe, maybe even get you to rap. Hey, listen, my name is Andrew, and I'm here to say I'm here to rap in a friendly way. You see, Chris, I'm a natural. I'm a natural. And with Rich there, it'll be just even better. Rich is the man, the captain. He provides us a platform, so kicking off the next batch of episodes, bringing the man on himself to talk about some hip-hop themes. Very excited about that. And I just want to say, if you enjoy this podcast, please spread the word however you can. Tell your friends, tell your favorite message board, tell Reddit. Spread the word. We want everyone who loves wrestling music to be a part of this, be a part of the community. We just want to spread the love of wrestling themes. Listen, we're like the Gary Spivey of wrestling theme podcasts, all right? And we want to show up in all of your locker rooms and remind you that you are Mr. Wonderful. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Who is that? Who is that? That's you. That's Mr. Wonderful. For Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich saying goodbye, thank you, and remember, keep on listening. Whoop, whoop. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.